Welcome to the Core Women Podcast. My name is Dr. Summer Watson. I'm a doctor of psychology, podcaster, published author, coach, producer of documentary empowerment films, and empowerment seminars. This podcast is a special place for the hearts and souls of women. It is a place where women share their journeys, strength, resiliency, strategy, and passions. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Alexia Anastasio, who is an independent filmmaker best known for her documentary, Adventures in Plimptoons. She is also a social media networking ninja. We're going to get right into this conversation because we have so much to chat about. So welcome. Thank you so much, Summer, for having me. Absolutely. So let's start out by talking about where you grew up and your journey to Los Angeles. Sure. Um, Yeah, I grew up on Long Island in New York, and it was, the journey to Los Angeles was kind of like very natural (laughs) Uh, when I was younger. I was super shy, and my mom put me into acting classes because when my kindergarten um, teachers said, asked me, asked her if I could speak and she's like uh yeah like she's like rambunctious and and sprightly at home um so finally I I I found uh acting and I found that that was a great uh, opportunity and permission for me to be myself and so from that personal development that took me to theater and theater took me to film and then film took me to using film as a, one of my arts you know, I was one of my mediums. So uh, I went to SUNY Purchase, uh, upstate in Westchester area, New York. And w- during that time, I also did a gazillion internships, which took me to many international film festivals, including uh, Toronto, Sundance, Berlin, Cannes, you name it. Uh, and uh, so I got to this, a glimpse of the industry uh, and then also independent film festivals and markets in New York and distribution companies and how to make a, a no slash low budget movie because you can. And so I learned all of that in while I still was in college. So it was, it was a great foundation that brought me to then start my own art, music and film festival and I satellited that I can and brought it back to my hometown in uh, Huntington, New York at this place called the Cinema Art Center. So that became like my second home. And I started doing events there and realized, hey, I also want to make movies. <laughs> so it's, it's really awesome to, to do events with celebrities and nonprofits and um, with David Lynch, George Romero, the late George Romero and, and John Waters and the like. Um, but I want to continue, I want to make movies too. So uh, I dived into working on other people's projects and then my own. And Adventures in Plimtoons is my, that was my first feature that I directed, produced, and got out there. And it's my most notable. And it's been a great journey because that, in that journey, figuring out how to uh, run myself as a brand and a business it came naturally like I had to figure it out Uh, and so um, kind of the trek to doing different film not just film festivals but conventions to promote myself as a brand and as an independent filmmaker uh, helped and it just became easier doing 
and been working in Los Angeles. Plus it, it's nice. It's nice out here. <laughs> the weather is beautiful. I don't have to worry about slipping on ice, uh, which, I, <laughs> which I did in New York. I actually broke the only bone I broke so far, knock on wood, was my ankle. And, and it was literally underneath scaffolding under in Brooklyn. And uh, so the weather was quite appealing. <laughs> wow. Oh, my goodness. So well, you literally got the short of it. <laughs> so, okay. Well, that is an amazing journey. You've done so much. And I like a lot of the things that you had mentioned here. You started out uh, like everybody else, but you did internships. So that's really important. And I'm glad you mentioned that because people may not recognize the value of an internship and how important it is and how much you learn. And it's, it really makes you feel when you go out into that world, into that working world, that you're not so green, that you have something to go off of. And that is really important because I think a lot of times people go into that, the working world and have this imposter syndrome that we hear about so much, but the internships tend to really allay that angst and kind of curb that. And, and it also gives you some direction, correct? About where you might want to go. It gives you that dabbling of, I can taste this, I can taste this, I can taste this, and this is what I really love. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I saw, especially um, in, in working with uh, a distribution company called Artistic License, that you could literally run a distribution company out of one room, you know, with, with like 10 people. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And they were distributing things on film back then too. So wow. now we don't even like, don't even need film. We like beam like, things in <laughs> um, right. and we, we work on things very differently, but, but it's amazing what you can do with a small team of dedicated people. Right. And I like that you talked about how to brand and bring business together and how to monetize and self-promote because I think let's get to this next question. I think that once you've kind of pinpointed your passion, passion's one thing, but then how do you actually create a business from it? So my next question is, can you tell the listeners a bit about your passions as an artist and a filmmaker and you, how you made this into or created a business from it? Yeah. Um, so, well, the first part was, uh, saying like, Hey, I'm going to do this. <laughs> like no matter what, like this, it, and it doesn't matter. The money is a bonus because you're like, okay, great. This is my art. I live, breathe it. This is my intention no matter what. So that was number one, um, because it's been over 20 years now. I haven't made a gazillion dollars, but that gazillion dollars is coming because of all my efforts. Right. So, you know, they say like, oh, you know, you're like, uh, you know, uh, you just came from nowhere. Like, uh, not, that's not exactly how it works. <laughs> but right. Malcolm Gladwell talks about those 10,000 hours. Like you have to put um, the time in and pay it up front in sweat equity, in trial and error, in figuring it out. So, um Luckily, yeah, those internships is what taught me to go to the international film festivals and 
get to meet those people at the top and learn from them, watch the panels. What, how did they get their movie done? Oh, they, they started with credit cards. Okay, great. I have, I can get credit at that time. I, I could get credit cards. So I did, you know? So, uh, yeah. Does, is that the best way? Not exactly. There's other ways now, but at that time that made sense to me. And I'm like, okay, well, at least I can get started. Right. And right. then when I ran out of credit cards, <laughs> which you do, especially making an independent movie, um, then that's when crowdfunding came up. So timing, you know, is everything. And, and if I found crowdfunding now, it would have been a lot easier than 10 years ago when I, yeah. when I started. But that it was another um, tool uh, that I could, that I saw one of my friends using, an independent girl filmmaker, and she raised $10,000. I'm like, oh my gosh, if she can do it, then I know I can do it. And so I did it. And, and that belief in like just going for it um, helped. Now, of course, the, the ramp up, you don't see. You don't see me going to a dozen conventions a year and building my email list one-to-one, -one, selling my DVDs from 5 to $10 and, and building value in relationships with people. You don't see that part. People think, oh, crowdfunding just comes out of the air. No, it comes from hard work uh, and intention and intention and value. Yes. Yes. And I'm glad you mentioned those three key concepts, value, intention, and hard work. Because a lot of times I see folks go, gosh, you know, I want to be the CEO or I want to be that filmmaker like yesterday. And what they don't see or what they're forgetting sometimes is that hard work, the intention, the value, everything you put into it. Yes, starting with potentially maxing out those credit cards, starting with, you know, going to every conference and selling your DVD, selling and pitching everything you've got, you know, learning, sitting in those conferences and listening to those panels. That is something. That is a lot. And then on top of that, doing the direct work. So not only are you tap dancing and, and going this way and that way, but you're doing the direct work and that work is tough because you're still learning and you're learning how to do it your way and your way is your best way. So, so you may take a little bit of something you learned from this panel, something you learned from this uh, film festival, something you learned from this particular person, from this book, from this film that you like, and that's your journey. That's your way. But that takes time. It's a process. And I think sometimes people eliminate the process, which <laughs> I find so interesting because they don't think about, we all have to do our time. We all have to do it. And here's the other thing. Maybe you can speak to this. 20 years ago, when you started, things were done a certain way. So we have to evolve with the way things are done and maybe even catch it before it's out there to the rest of the public because you want to make sure that you're kind of capturing or catching, so to speak, that demographic that you need to capture in a new way. 
before everybody finds out. And it's not, it's okay to share that way, but sometimes things get so overly saturated that you got to find new ways of doing things. Absolutely. I think it's a little bit of both. The fundamentals are always going to be the same. You know, you're always going to need to build relationships, you know, no matter what. And that's going to take time. So that cumulative effort and that value is always going to be the same. And the intention is always going to be the same. The thing that changes is being on the pulse of like, okay, what's the next big thing? What's the next Facebook? What's the next LinkedIn? Who am I trying to reach? And what am I trying to say? Um, And what's the most effective way to get that across? So now even film festivals are shifting. You know, like I was, I say I was toward like band. I basically toured myself like a band, you know, thankfully um, because I organized in Excel sh- spreadsheets of like, okay, what film festivals am I going to submit to? And then, then film festivals came back to me and they say, okay, yes, we want you there. We're going to fly you there. You know, um, Oregon wants you, you, me at like seven different locations. Okay. I'm there. Or we're going to play the movie for a week in Seattle. I have a friend in Seattle. I'm going to sleep, you know, in on an air mattress for a week, but like, I'm going to be there. And right. And it's, it's important for me to be there because this is my opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I like what you distinguish there between the key principles, the key factors, relationship making, building trust with your community, focusing on that demographic that you want to focus on. Such key points. Those are going to stay the same. You know, being intentional about what you're doing. Um, not fair weathered, not, you know, oh my goodness, I've hit a, a really tough spot. I'm going to give this up. No, go through it, go for it. You are in it to win it. And I think sometimes that's forgotten. Those key principles, those human connections, they stay the same, your intentions. So, but what's different is, as you said, having your thumb on that pulse and like TikTok, for instance. So here we are. We're in this, this new age, right? And social media and what's new, what's going, what's trending. And here we have TikTok. And for many people, they're scaling and scaling big. But is that the platform that you want to use? Because we, you talk about doing things a certain way. Yeah. And we also want to be efficient. We also want to make sure that that's the demographic. And something somebody told me, a good friend of mine told me when TikTok really started, you know, moving and people started moving on TikTok, he said, you know, Summer, you may not want to be on there, but that might be your demographic that you want to reach. So even if you don't want to be on there, get used to it, get to know it, understand it, understand the demographic, make relationships on there. And he's absolutely right. And sometimes you have to get out of your comfort zone to not just scale, but make those relationships. Yeah. And, and tick, especially with TikTok, we think about dance videos, but right. so many other things that you could stand out if you put something else other than dance videos on TikTok. Yes, absolutely correct. So, and I love that you mentioned that. Again, that's thinking outside the box, you know, that's thinking very uniquely about what can I do that's going to stand out, that's going to be different on that platform. So good, good tip. 
So did you always want to be a filmmaker? When did you know that was it? That was like, yes, I want to be an artist. I want to be a filmmaker and I'm going to do this. I'm going to go for this. What was that kind of clicking in the brain going and in the heart, you know, as that came together? When was that exactly? I was 17. Uh, I worked on a short film in high school for two afternoons. It was a remake of D.W. Griffith's A Girl in Her Trust. And I got to be the girl. And then I also got to work behind the scenes, getting everything together with, with our team. And we shot literally for two afternoons. And then the editor, you know, cut it together. And it was so much fun. And it just felt like a family. And nobody was above everybody. There's no hierarchies. We literally were, we were like creating a meal. Right. And, and I just felt like this is exactly what I wanted to feel like. And my director, Louise Millman was also an art teacher and she made these beautiful like collage work and, and she just was so inspiring. And then she even had stories like she was on in Judy Berlin, which is an independent movie. And she would talk about this, scene that she had like a gazillion takes where she had like one line she's like seriously like it doesn't have to be that way <laughs> um like so like you taking another take is no big deal uh and we're filming on like vhs you know but black mm -hmm. and white outdoors it's so much just so much fun so much fun mm -hmm. and uh i'm like yeah this is it this is i want to have film be part of my art. I'm going to still draw, I'm going to still paint, I still do computer art, which I was into all of those things at the time. But I'm like, film is going to, I'm going to direct. That's awesome. So you knew you could identify that time in your life where you were like, yep, the heart and mind are coming together. This is what I want to do. And you, I love that analogy of working with the team. It was like making a meal. And yes, I, I got that image. I felt it. And it's so true when you know, and you're working with the folks that you're supposed to work with, or they bring inspiration to you. It is like making a meal. It's like having a good time and just being in the kitchen, really just kind of throwing in those ingredients with all the people that you love and care about. And you're having a great time. So I love that analogy. So let's talk a little bit about your documentary, Plimptoons. Sure. So it's about uh, an Oscar-nominated animator named Bill Plimpton. He does all hand-drawn animation, uh, very like surreal, funny, and abstract sometimes work. And he just gets to the point and, and has a, a lot of subconscious themes that come out all through his work. Right, right. I watched a little clip of it and... I really liked what he said. He said at one point in the clip, I think what, where was he? Seattle? Was he in, in Washington? Um, he was doing some work and he was doing his drawings and he said, I question, I always questioned why me? Like, why me? Why did I become famous? Why did I scale? And he said, and he made some valid point and he said, points rather. And he said, because I had the drive. I had the drive. He said, because there were a lot of better artists out there. He said, but they would sit around and they would do their art and they didn't know how to market themselves. They didn't know how to get out there and really get their work out there. 
And I think that having that balance between your art, drive, and knowing how to connect with folks makes a huge difference. Yeah, and I think for for Bill, he's always known how to create relationships with people who know how to do what he doesn't and leverage those relationships. So he's had great agents uh, over the years and a great team also over the years, just like in that distribution company that I worked with, he is a small team and they know what they're doing. And so he knows how to spot talent and work with them. And that has helped him continue to make his work and stay independent, which is not easy to stay independent Mm -hmm. over 25, 30 years. Uh, uh, Still work in commercial and get his, his features and shorts all over the world is because of those relationships. Absolutely. And I can't stress enough how important relationships are. As a matter of fact, today I put two posts out about supporting your network because supporting your network has, it feels good for, for one, you know, it feels really good when you support your network. It allows you to really do some great collaboration when you support your network. It allows for growth, personal and professional growth. It allows for growing your network of friends and professional friends. It, it, there's so many benefits to it. And so I think the number one benefit for me is making such great relationships. With that said, you know, go out there, support your networks, find out about other people, what they're doing, what's important to you, what's important to them and support them. Because I think that really breaks down into making really great connections and relationships and it's so important. So my next question for you is, what have been some of your own personal and professional challenges along your journey and how did you overcome them? I think the biggest challenge is sometimes my ambition of like how much I want to do in a day. And cause there's just always so much more. (laughs) So I, I feel like, like I used to be like a chicken with my head cut off, like, forget it. Like I was on MySpace and I was on doing this. I was doing that. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, there's so many different things I need to do. I need to create this graphic. I need to, create a t-shirt I need to like find out which convention is next and like I'm just like oh my gosh Uh, and then I have to work the convention like take the boot you know like and uh, it just it wasn't sustainable it was and I finally uh, thankfully I discovered transcendental meditation and that has been one of my secrets to my energy of like how one I come back to prioritizing what's most important for the day and from projects to tasks um, to kind of like even when you think about time travel you're like oh, like oh if I only had more time right I can go back 10 years and finish up those projects it goes back, goes to prioritizing. Um, and then also the self-care. 
like, if you, you don't feel good, how are you going to get those aha moments and ideas and downloads that's going to get you to the next step? And it could be even, uh, I've had, especially in meditations, I, what I figured out what I'm going to write in my next email to my fans. And, and it, can't, it comes very fast, you know, after I, I just stop, rest, you know, do my meditation session for 20 minutes. And then I'm like, okay, great. You know, so it doesn't have to take all day. But when I get that deep rest, then it's just like, oh, there it is. That's it. That's what it, that's who I, and that, or that's the idea of like, that's who I need to talk to. And it just makes, and it just makes sense. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I get it. It's almost like when you're trying to think of a word, and that word's not coming to you. And sometimes you just need to let it go and it'll eventually come to you. And I think that's what meditation sometimes does for you. I do that in the shower. That's like my 15, 20 minutes of like, let go, release. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, boom, boom. Here come these ideas, you know, just coming at me because I'm relaxing. I'm relaxed. You know, I'm not really going a hundred miles a minute in the shower. I'm just focusing on washing all off, washing myself off, washing the day off, washing off for the day, you know, getting ready and it energizes me. And so sometimes if you just clear that slate, let it go, it'll come to you. And so I like that. I like that you figured out a way to provide some, some meaningful balance in your life where it's time to reflect. It's time to let go. It's time to release. And I think we find in such a fast paced society that it's not just society, it's social media, it's the expectations of ourselves and that we have others. It's watching a film. And I'm sure you're very aware of this. As I watch films from like 1980, 1970 to today, we have shorter, much shorter scenes today because of attention spans. So it used to be you go to a movie and you kind of relax and you kind of chuckle and have fun and really get into, and you can still do that. But the scenes are so much shorter because you lose folks today because we are going so fast. Can you speak to that? Yeah, the pace. I mean, every, even city has their own pace. Um, I was very lucky to spend almost a year in Paris after I graduated college and the pace of Paris is definitely slower than New York. You know, they spend time eating <laughs> and walking. And it was so nice because New York is just like, um, you know, head down, keep going. Like, why are you in my way? Like, uh, uh, even though like we'll walk 10, 30 blocks, but it's like, okay, the, you know, we're, let's get yeah. there. You know, like, uh-huh, next. Um, so it, it helped to see the contrast of just the pace of even a city. Um, but yeah, but it's, you decide, you decide your pace, um, and everybody has a different pace. So you right. also have to work within that to, to work as a team. Yeah, absolutely. And it was funny that you mentioned New York and their pace and the fast pace, because I was making a documentary film and I was trying to, I was going to the building that I was filming at and I had one of those cube boxes with wheels. 
and I had to take some of my stuff and take it to the studio. And so I'm trying to stroll this cube box, backpack, you name it, um, lights, you name it, everything. Don't do that in New York City as you're trying to walk because people will not let you through anywhere, anywhere. And I was like, come on, people, just let me through. <laughs> They're like, nope, we're on a mission, got to go. So it was just funny that you mentioned that because, yeah, every city person, um, venue, team has a different pace. And I think that you're in charge of setting your own pace. And also, though, being familiar what with what the pace is, because you don't want to necessarily lose your audience either. So I think there is a balance in everything. So we're getting to my last question here, and this is great information. There's so many takeaways here, but I think it's always so important to ask the person that I'm interviewing about their wisdom. So my last question is, if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be? write down what you want and then literally go do it. Like to spend that time, that extra time in thinking about exactly what you want and, and what you want to put out there before you go do it, you know, and then, and marinate on that because when you do it, it will be even greater than you think. Absolutely. Great words of wisdom. And thank you, Alexia, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Thank you for having me. If you'd like to connect with Alexia Anastasio, check her out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and at AlexiaAnastasio.com. If you need a strategic empowerment coach, contact me. If you want to tell your story of empowerment or how you have reconstructed your life to drive change, Send me a video or an email of your story providing permission to use it on my social media platforms. If you want to be featured on my podcast, reach out to me at infocorewomen.com. I want to hear from you and to get to know you. You are now part of the Core Women home. Let's get to know each other. Let's learn from one another. Please follow Core Women on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please let your women friends know about this podcast. If you write about Core Women in your social media posts, please hashtag core women. This is all about women. Thank you for taking the time to learn more about core women and please stay tuned for continued growth of the core women movement. Let's grow and drive change together.